Hey, I'm Jade, and you're listening to Most Wanted. Hello, sissy. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode 51 51. of Most... 51. I almost said 55. Hello. Skipped a couple. (laughs) Uh, how are you? We're in the actually. This is the first time we're not in the time machine, right? How? Uh, tell me about your week. How are things now that we're actually like up to date? Things are good. I don't think we got to our names. I'm Amanda. Oh, I'm Lauren. I'm excited. <laughs> me too. Happy Thursday. So my my week was good. Um, last weekend. So like yesterday, as we're recording, but last weekend when this comes out, yeah. um. I was able to go to the very first home game of the Professional Women's Hockey League uh, for the Minnesota oh, team at yeah. the Center in Minnesota. It was so fun. We broke the attendance record by like 5,000 people. Holy shit. It was like parking was a nightmare. It was like the most electric atmosphere I've ever been a part Oh my God. And at the X, I mean, I go and see... We watch the wild there almost every year. I think we go, me and my partner. Yeah. But that's gonna have to be a must see for us this year. If we can it's, get to a game this year, if we yeah, can. We'll I see. would yeah, if if you can, I would try. I think the season goes through like mid March. Okay. So it's it's worth it. We got a we got like half season tickets. We're going to six of the games. <gasps> fun. I yeah, so it was the most fun I think I've been I've I've had at a sporting event. Like a oh my gosh! Event. It was so cool. Oh, incredible! Highly recommend. Go as women's a, sports. I know. I was gonna say as the, Dawn Staley, she's the South Carolina basketball coach. She uh, wore a shirt recently under a blazer that just said "Everybody watches women's sports." Heck yes, <gasps> Hell yeah! <laughs> That's great. I was gonna yeah. say I don't know who that is, but thank you for breaking that down for me. Yes. Um, I guess I'll yeah. I'll have to hop on the bandwagon of more women's sports. But absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's uh are you ready to talk about today's episode? I surely am. I'm very excited to tell you the story. So All right, Sissy, are you ready to do what's my crime? I'm so ready. Okay. So uh this is a much lighter episode than last week, which I think we're both going to appreciate after the family annihilator. Um so we are covering a man who isn't on any official list, but he's okay. definitely wanted. And I'm going Ooh. to yeah, I'll explain what that means later in the story. I kind of want to wanted by the is is he a uh, a playboy? No, <laughs> he's he's wanted by uh, customers for his company. <gasps> Leave it at that for now. <laughs> so you said no to Playboy, but yet. Is he a sex worker wanted by that customers? Would be, that would be a very, I don't want to say a better story. That would be a very interesting story if he okay. was wanted by customers for sex work. No, it's just money. Oh. Yeah, I know. Okay. So anyway, this man's name is Gerald William Cotton. Based oh. on that blandish white boy name. What do you think his crime was? Tinder swindler. I actually don't oh. know that story at all, so that's my guess. <laughs> oh, man. That would be a good story to tell you. I should add that to the list. Uh, no. Oh. This is uh, strictly white color today. Oh, is he a Ponzi schemer? He sure is. Yep. Fucking great. All yep. right. Yep. So, 
Sources for this week include articles in the CBC, which is the Canadian broadcasting company, uh, Coindesk, Vanity Fair, The Independent, Newsweek, The Vancouver Sun, The New York Times, and an executive summary from the Ontario Securities Commission, along with some Wikipedia. I also watched a documentary on Netflix and listened to a wonderful podcast series. I will name drop both of those later. They're both very good. Um, Okay. Content warnings for this episode are super light, but we are going to be talking about some conspiracy theories at the end, and one of those involves murder. Oh, okay. And that's what I've got to lead us into the story. Are you ready? I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's do it. Okay. So background on Gerald Cotton, who I will be calling Jerry through most of the story. Okay. Uh, Gerald Cotton was born on May 11th, 1988, and spent most of his formative years in Belleville, Ontario, Canada. He had one brother, but they never seemed to be super close, so he's hardly in this story at all. I think I might mention him one more time later. Oh, okay. Um, After graduating from high school in Belleville, Cotton attended York University in Toronto, where he earned his Bachelor of Business Administration in 2010. Hmm. He was generally considered to be a nerdy kid, and the only really weird thing that people remembered about him is that he always had money, like cash money, and no one knew where he was getting it from because he didn't work, and as far as anyone could tell, his parents were like working class. So he just had cash all the time. I know uh, I really knew um, why. Is he, well, I know that he's a, does he start out Robin? And then becomes yeah, uh so that's, that's kind of where this story starts. Okay. So he's a bank robber. Out, or a, oh, I wish he was a bank robber again. That would oh. almost be a more interesting story. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it turns out that uh, starting from around the age of 15, Jerry was running scams on people online. Oh. Yeah, it's likely that that's where all of his money was coming from throughout this time. No, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I know. And like at 15. At 15, I I, no one's going to, well, no, but no one's going <laughs> to think that some fucking hack of a 15 year old is going to be like scamming you. I mean, I maybe for like not. some speakers, but not for like cash right. money. Or like, remember those, we have like magazines and shit. Like that was kind of a scam, but oh, that's pfft. not like. <laughs> I, excuse you. I believe you got a frog phone from that scam. Who? Yeah, no, definitely a fucking scam. Yeah. Definitely a fucking phone, scam. But... Yeah. <laughs> I remember getting um, told that I was going to get McDonald's in a limo and I believe only you got McDonald's in a limo. I did not. I did. And like, looking back on that. Was the McDonald's worth the limo ride? No. No. But plus I get car sick and in the limo you have to ride sideways. You don't have to ride sideways. You can be a bitch and say I need to face the front way. Right. I but didn't then, at the time because I was trying to be cool, which I was How old were you? But I, like I was probably 12. 12. Yeah. 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 I get I it. Just, I was still in my denial phase on my motion sickness. Now. Oh I'm yeah. Fully, I'm, I'm so happy you're I'm oh. so happy you're over that. That was a rough couple years. The denial phase. Yeah. It's like, I'm fine. No, you're no, not. You're turning, you're turning green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember when we went to California and you and I were playing bumper cars in the back seat in that car? Woo! Uh, yes. And I think I did almost vomit. Uh, yeah. And I was sitting next to you. You turned yeah. green. You turned, okay, you for sure turned white. And I was like, this isn't good. We're in the Hollywood Hills, ma'am. Oh, no. Oh, no. You can't be. <laughs> yeah, no, that would have been so bad if I had actually gotten sick in that back seat. Uh, yeah. Like, I remember that. That was very windy. Mm-hmm. That road is very windy. 
And we had a chauffeur that was taken at about 110 and dozing off sometimes as well. Any hooters, we're going to move past that. Yep, we're going to just move right along. So he was running scams at the time, starting when he was like 15. Speaking of people running scams, our chauffeur driver. (laughs) (laughs) So Jerry was a member of the online forum Talk Gold, where he utilized the screen name Scepter. While chatting on Talk Gold, he promoted multiple high-yield investment programs, which would, and I quote, promise very high returns, but were unregulated and anonymous, disclosing little or no details about the investment or who was behind it. That just says scam. I'm pretty sure Oh yeah, everything yep. you just said was exactly. S-C-A-M. Yep. Scam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So this was basically marketed as a get-rich-quick scheme, and everyone wants to get rich quick, so people were falling for it and sending money to Jerry for these high-yield (laughs) whatever-the-fucks. So what he was actually doing was running Ponzi schemes, where he'd pay back some of the customer investments with new deposits, but eventually he'd stop paying back altogether and take the rest of the money with him and would like fuck off say so yeah he'd he'd just fuck off he'd say something stupid like the bank closed down or my account is frozen what wait back unfreeze it the bank (laughs) closed down i'm not not letting this one go that's not a that's not a thing that happened could you imagine (laughs) it's like hey ma'am miss miss lauren you owe me some money my bank closed down wells fargo gone can't don't know what happened u.s bank totally see ya Huntington never heard of ya. <laughs> Particularly since several episodes ago, you were just saying that Wells Fargo was handing out visas left and right. What? So now they're closing down. <laughs> yep. Well, that's true. <laughs> so the, the, the wild thing about this to me is that he was able to do this over and over and over again. And he's still like 15, 16 at yeah, the time. Yeah, he's a teenager. Yep. So Jesus. what he would say is he, he'd like be quiet for a few weeks. He'd pop back up and then he would say like, okay, I've got a new one for you. This one's legit. And all the people who lost money to my last investment thing are going to get their money back this time. Like I'm, I'm doing this to fund the people who lost money last time. It's nonsense. Yeah, he was doing the same thing over and over again. It's just yeah. nonsense. Um, so because he was like 15, I wrote something like he was like a scam prodigy. It's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, that's insane. It's just ridiculous. Um, but it was on Talk Gold that Jerry met Michael Patron, which leads us directly into the next part of this story. Okay. So Michael Patron is described on Wikipedia as an internet entrepreneur and convicted felon. What? <laughs> it really sums up his entire shtick for us. I don't really need to tell you much else about him. <laughs> Hi, I am Lauren. I am comedian and convicted felon. Nice <laughs> yes. to meet you. Right. I am girl. I am convicted felon. Yes, yes nice to meet just you. And it's something good and convicted felon. <laughs> very cool. Good yeah, for him. I mean, very, it really gets right cool. to the point of exactly what he is. Right. And I also think it's funny because, like, internet entrepreneur, like, he could edit his Wikipedia. He's choosing not to. Oh, that's a good point. He's like, you know what? I like this. It's very on brand for me. Catchy. Very catchy. (laughs) 
You know what? I couldn't have thought of anything better myself, so I'm going to leave it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, fine. We'll no. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Oh, my God. What a um, mess. Right? So, using what I believe was his given name, which was Omar Danani, Patron was arrested in California in 2007 as part of a sting operation on Shadow Crew by the Secret Service. So, quick side quest about Shadow Crew. Okay. Shadow Crew was a cybercrime forum that was running from summer 2002 through November 2004 when the Secret Service did their sting operation. Uh, during this time, people were using ShadowCrew.com to chat about hacking tricks, social engineering, credit card fraud, virus development, scams, and phishing. So it was like old school chat room, but specifically for cybercrime. Okay. 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 Yep. You know what? Okay. So I think in the, the Secret Service, they're, they have a lot to do with like yep. um, currency and yep. uh, counterfeit money and yep. stuff like that. Like they, yep. There it is. You said it. And I don't, I don't agree. I, I don't understand what you're telling me. The Secret Service does money? Currency? Yeah. Yep. They do it like every, anything, uh, that's like counterfeit and fraud and stuff. See, the Secret Service often has, a part of that. It's it's really Is weird. this common knowledge? Is this one of those things that like Lauren, Honestly, you just need an education or is this one of those things that's like you're saying something that you think is normal and it's not. That is not I thought, common. It, I, I thought it was common knowledge, but perhaps it's knowledge that I had as a federal employee. So I don't know, but I yes. So it's a, the thing that was surprising to me about this is that it wasn't the Secret Service and anyone else. Like, I'm surprised they did it by themselves and it wasn't like a joint operation with another. Yeah, that's the surprising part of this whole thing. Continue. Uh, Patron, aka Danani, was arrested as part of the dismantling of Shadow Crew and was charged with burglary, grand larceny, and computer fraud. Uh oh. After serving around 18 months in prison in California, Danani, who was a Canadian citizen, was deported to Canada. And it was soon after he was deported that he first changed his name. The first change was to Omar Patron before he settled on Michael Patron, which is the name he carried on into his adulthood. Is he trying to sound more white? That's my only guess. Okay. Truly, that's my only guess. Okay. Um, to this day, Patron attempts to deny that he and Omar Danani are the same person, but like an in-depth investigative journalistic like inquiry into this was able to confirm with the Canadian government that these name changes occurred. <laughs> so like they have like pretty but definitive it, proof. It wasn't me. But what <laughs> yeah, about this document? Wasn't me. wasn't me. No, that wasn't me. No, definitely two different dudes. And then um I watched the Netflix series about all of this and they show side-by-side -side photos on the series. Mm -hmm. One of them appears to be a mugshot, although it doesn't really make sense it's a mugshot because he is like looking to this out of the corner of his eye, like he's like side-eyeing in the mugshot, so he's not looking at the camera. Oh, and weird. They, yep, and then they have a side-by-side -side with Michael Patron when he was running the company that I'm about to tell you about with Jerry um, on like a Zoom call where he's doing the same side-eye, and you could, it's definitely It's definitely guy. him. Yeah, definitely the same guy. Weird. So, Super weird. Um, just kind of goes to show nothing stays secret on the internet, and an internet entrepreneur should know that. He should. Dumbass. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, so back to the original story. 
Um, Jerry met Michael Patron on Talk Gold when Jerry was around 15 or 16, and Michael was in his early 20s. Mm. They cooperated with each other's scams on the forum and clearly became friends through this process because they started a company together in 2013. Of course they did. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at this point, Jerry had his BBA, so he was probably like, ooh, I gotta start a company. Is that the same thing as like a BBL? Uh, no. <laughs> Bachelor of Business Administration. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, not the same. Got it. The company that they started together was called Quadriga Fintech Solutions, which was the parent company that operated the cryptocurrency exchange Quadriga CX. So for the rest of the story, when I'm discussing Quadriga, I will be talking about the cryptocurrency exchange unless I specifically say otherwise. It is a little confusing. I saw your face. I didn't miss your face. There's no face. We're talking about Fucking crypto. God damn it. (laughs) I know. One of these times I will actually do some fucking research so I can be like, bam, I know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you know, but this is I not do, that time. So, but like, I, that's why I was saying I do wish that it was a little bit more like scandalous. No, this is just crypto bros. <sighs> Ain't it always that way? Right? I know. Yeah. So, Quadriga, the uh, cryptocurrency exchange. also launched in 2013. So they started their parent company. They immediately started the cryptocurrency exchange. Okay. And it quickly became the second largest cryptocurrency exchange in Canada, which didn't take long for them to become the largest because the original largest like went out of business. (laughs) What? So like, yeah, like this cryptocurrency stuff, like it just seems... I don't understand. Maybe that's pretty common that the cryptocurrency number one business goes just poof by. Well, I mean, in... We're not talking about the stuff that's been happening recently, but like FTX and all of the issues with FTX and Sam Bankman freed, like cryptocurrency, mm. I'm, I'm about to go into more of what the cryptocurrency means, but like all of it is unregulated and that's kind of the point. Got it. So unregulated tends to equal crime, at least to some degree. Okay. So like that's part of all of this. Um Like I just said, before I get too far into this, I do think it's important to at least understand the very bare minimum basics of crypto. Okay, so give it to me. I consulted with my husband who understands this stuff. He helped me write this. We'll see how it goes. Hit me with your best (laughs) shot. Okay. Cryptocurrency, by definition, is a digital currency that is specifically designed to work outside of a central authority like a bank. Yes. It holds value against other forms of currency, like the U.S. dollar, and the value fluctuates sort of like the stock market. Okay. So, like, also sort of like how if you were trying to exchange U.S. dollars for, like, euros, if you did it today, you might get a slightly different amount of money than if you did it tomorrow. It's just the value against other currencies fluctuates. Yeah. So, they, were, okay. they, they do it with cryptocurrency, too. Um. All cryptocurrencies are supported by a blockchain, which is how the transactions are traced through the internet, which it's, it's just like a giant digital ledger from the time that crypto is mined. Please don't ask further questions about digital mining. I understand nothing about that. By the time but that's it's the mountain. Okay. Sure. Yep. Yep. When it comes out of the mountain, mm-hmm. from the time that it comes out to wherever it ends up in someone's wallet, you can trace every place it's been. So every wheelbarrow from, or whatever. Okay. Yes, exactly. Yep. Okay. Every every wheelbarrow. Um it's, so it goes like from wheelbarrow to wheelbarrow to wheel I saying that a bunch of times is yeah. hard. No, I know. 
but yes. But I'm so, following you. Yeah. So that's, you can trace all of it. So mm-hmm. what that means is cryptocurrency tracing by law enforcement is actually very effective in tracking where the money has gone. So when we've always said, like, you follow the money to solve this stuff, when it comes to cryptocurrency, following the money is literally right on the screen. Yeah. You can, okay. like, follow the line to where it, it has been. It's oh, very okay. interesting. And of course, criminals are starting to find ways around this. We're not going to get into any of that. So uh, what Quadriga was, was a cryptocurrency exchange, which is where people could exchange their money for cryptocurrency and let it gain or lose value before theoretically withdrawing it. Sure. Okay. An exchange also allows people to trade or swap cryptocurrency either with other people or for other types of cryptocurrency. And again, it, theoretically, that allows people to take it out at the end. Okay. How this was explained to me by my husband is the exchange kind of acts like an on and off ramp. You on ramp one type of currency, like US dollars or foreign currency, and then you can swap it for Bitcoin or Ethereum or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then when you're ready to get that money out, it's like an off ramp and it exits the exchange at that point and comes out as generally whatever currency is uh, standard for the country that the exchange is located in. Okay. So for Quadriga, if you were ever withdrawing, you'd, you could only withdraw in Canadian dollars. Got it. Because okay. it was in Canada. Yep. So does that kind of make sense? Second time around, it does. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so back to the main story. Jerry and Michael founded Quadriga. And in those early days, Michael did most of the talking. He was kind of the face of Quadriga. It well, was he's described- a little bit older, isn't he? Yes, exactly. He's gotcha. a little bit older. And okay. he's probably kind of almost mentoring Jerry when it comes to like, quote unquote, legitimate businesses. I'm putting Uh-oh. it in quotes as we will talk about. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. So it was described on the podcast that I listened to that Jerry would sit quietly while Michael talked about Quadriga and then laugh at jokes that no one else thought were funny. He's a so, sweet man. Yeah. Or like a lackey, kind of. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's particularly in those early days was when this was happening fucking gross um yeah at that point in those early days there were two offices for quadriga one was in vancouver and the other one was in toronto and there were four full-time employees on top of jerry and michael so like seemingly very legitimate business yeah in 2015 two years after their launch Jerry thought it would be a good idea to list Quadriga on the Canadian Securities Exchange and make it a publicly traded company. Uh I, yeah, I don't know how any of this works because this sounds like nonsense to me what I'm about to tell you. Um, But apparently they had to raise additional funds to be able to list the business on the SEC website. Yeah, like on the the, the market, the stock market, whatever it is. Yeah. So they ended up raising an additional $850,000 in Canadian dollars. Oh, but then like they never listed it publicly. So where did that money go? Like there's a lot of right into their pockets. Well, yeah, probably. Um, There was at least some speculation that the reason it was never publicly listed was at least in part because of Michael's name change and criminal history, particularly, yeah, because he had a scammy conviction in his past. (laughs) And they were handling people's money. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want. So you don't want us. Yeah. You don't want people to do that digging. That's like, oh, right. wait, Michael's right. not like, your real name. Your real name's Omar. And then dun, 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 you steal from. Yeah. 
Exactly. And like, he's since he's denying anyway, that he even is Omar, like, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. Just yeah, utter, utter nonsense. So during this period, somehow, Quadriga ran out of money. What? Shrug. Like, I... <sighs> Michael and Jerry had a fight around this time as well. And Michael oh, no. left the company. I know. Friendship breakup. So sad. Mm. So after Michael left the company, they sold their office spaces in Vancouver and Toronto, and they fired all of their employees. Uh-oh. So when you hear that, what does that sound like to you? That the company folded. It that's is no more. Like. Yeah, that is what it sounds like. Yeah, that's Uh-oh. not true. <laughs> based on yeah, based on everything that I read, Quadriga customers had no idea that any of this was happening in the background. What? The exchange kept running, business no. as usual, except now Jerry was the only one in charge of everything. Oh, uh, Jerry Bear is going to fuck it up. <laughs> yes. Jerry. He's gonna I love that for him. Yeah. That name for him. Yep. So it is unclear in quotes when the fraud actually started at Quadriga. What do you mean it's unclear? Like unclear in the documents or unclear in common sense? Because common sense <laughs> said it was always fraudine. I, yeah, I un- unclear in what I have read and heard and seen. Like when the the fraud actually began. Some people believe it was always a fraud, which would make sense. They met on a fraud website, Michael and Jerry. He changed like, his name yeah, so exactly. he could continue to fraud. <laughs> exactly. He's not going to be like, hey, name change, new guy, like new name, new guy. Legit now. Definitely <laughs> yeah. legit now. Yeah. Like Michael new name, who dis? Yes. Um, all of a sudden, I totally run everything by the book, you know. SEC right. would be so proud. And then... um. I'm going to fuck off because I broke up with my boyfriend partner, business partner is what I meant to say, but boyfriend partner works as well. Boyfriend partner is fine. Yeah. And then um, all of a sudden, my boyfriend partner, who I've been mentoring, all of a sudden now thinks he's going to scam. Not buying it. No, I totally agree. There are people who believe that the scam didn't start until Jerry was running the company by himself. But I'm kind of with you. I just, it makes much more sense to me that they started it as a scam. Yeah. It was just like a very, and they were like, we're going to hide in plain sight. Yeah. We're going to make this seem like a legitimate business. They kind of like Bernie Madoff did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that happens. In, yeah. In any case, Jerry was running the company by himself at this point as a giant Ponzi scheme Mm -hmm. to line his own pockets. Mm He never hired additional employees for Quadriga ever again. He did pay a few remote contractors to do things like computer programming and customer service, but he had complete control over everything, including all of the money. Like, no one else had access to any of the money. So he alone, and crypto, you need these long, elaborate passwords. He didn't share them with anybody. He was the only one who had access to this stuff. And this is important to later in the story. So we are going to come back to that. Okay. Um, What the outside world saw was that Jerry was a very successful, very young businessman. Hmm. He owned real estate throughout Canada. He owned a fancy car and a sailboat. He had a pilot's license and owned his own airplane. I'm, I'm um, sorry, how old was he at this point? I know he was born in this 88. This would have been, 
yeah, so this is like 2016, 2017-ish. Um, so almost. he's not even 30? Wait, that's bad math. Not even 20? I'm having a hard, yeah, I'm having a hard time with the math, too. No, 30. Not even 30. Yeah, he, he'd be almost 30, late 20s. Yeah. I'm not trusting a rich 30-year-old ever no. again. Yeah, never. No. No. I don't know if I've how, ever trusted one before, but how do starting now, never get, again. Yeah. How do 30-year-olds get legitimately rich unless they came from money? Like, or, you know, that's not enough time to build wealth, in my opinion. Or if they're somehow a professional athlete. Oh, fair. That's a good point. Or, good you know, exception. or like, yeah. Yes. If, if they didn't come from money and they're not a, a movie star, professional, whatever, yeah. I'm good. not buying it. Yeah, that's a very good caveat. Yeah, totally agree. So he also traveled extensively and did all of his work for Quadriga from his laptop. So like Uh-oh. to run an entire business and not need more than a laptop is a little sketch by itself. Total sketch. Yeah. Uh, so as you can probably guess, nothing was as it seemed. What Jerry was doing was a big twofold fraud. Yeah. So he was telling customers that when they deposited or on-ramped money into Quadriga, it would be held in investments until the customer wanted to take it out or off-ramp it. They could do their exchanges and all that too, but it sounded like a lot of people were holding their money there so it could grow in value. Mm. Like, it, yeah, it was just like a holding place for money. M- yeah. More like a, like a retirement fund type thing where it just kind of yeah. sits and gains value, hopefully. Um, in... Addition, Bitcoin was having a heyday at this time. Yep. So this is 2017. The value of Bitcoin rose from about $1,000 per Bitcoin to about $20,000 per Bitcoin. And $1,000 was even higher than when it originated. So some of the early investors in Bitcoin became literal millionaires in 2017. Wow. And the smart ones took their money out while it was high. Yep. And have gone on with their lives with all of this money. Damn. Um, What was happening behind the scenes at Quadriga was that Jerry was putting customer money in his own private wallets. So then he was making a series of really bad investments with that money. Basically, he was gambling with that money. Yeah, of course he was. He's Um, a dick. Right. While also like taking some off the top for himself to pay for himself i just said it plural himself <laughs> to pay for all of Honestly, his like expensive he's hobbies so, he sounds so arrogant he probably is like i gerald or you know gerald really likes that you know talks in the third person that's probably, probably true actually he, yeah. you know himself is fine yeah okay cool <laughs> so he's making bad investments he's gambling he's lining his own pockets and this is where it also becomes uh a ponzi scheme because he would spend customer money until someone wanted to make a withdrawal, and then he'd use the next customer's deposit to pay out the withdrawal. I hate like schemes like yeah, this. It fucking pisses me off. I know. Yeah. So this mess would have been so stressful to me. I oh can't my god, imagine. I can't even imagine <laughs> trying to keep track of all of this. No. Like oh, I would have just been a ball of stress. Oh yeah. But. He was an experienced scammer. I would have had so my he was... chin pimple coming in nice and big. <laughs> I would have just been s- like sweating. I would just be always sweating, like that, like anxious sweating. I'm fine. I'm hot, <laughs> <laughs> ma'am. It is twenty degrees outside. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> exactly. So, two things happened next that, and had anyone been paying attention, 
would have shown that there were problems at Quadriga. No shit. But it didn't seem like people were really paying attention to what was no. going on. First, they, oh, go ahead. They put blind faith into someone. It oh, yeah. I mean, it happens. And, and they, they really were sold on his promises, mm-hmm. too, for like, you know, high yield. charismatic bitches. Yes. Yes. Yep, exactly. Uh, so first, in the summer of 2017, this is when Bitcoin prices were at their peak, mm-hmm. uh, Quadriga announced that it lost $14 million worth of Ethereum, which is another cryptocurrency. How does one lose Ethereum, you ask? How does one lose 14 million dollars yeah. oh i know how you're bad at your fucking quote-unquote job yeah i mean that that is essentially what this is uh so one so of the aspects worse, though isn't it it's pretty bad uh one of the aspects of crypto that truly doesn't make a lot of sense to me because like why would you design it this way is that wallets have these really long passwords so you said and if you lose that password, there's no there's back door. no there's no back door. There's no you can't hack in. It's gone. Once you get locked out or you lose your password, it's gone. It's gone. It's so gone. basically that fourteen million dollars cool. worth of Ethereum is like floating in the ether. It exists. You can't access it. It's just, no one can access it? No one can access it. It's just floating out there. It's gone. So when you're tracing crypto, you can see it. You can see how much is in there. You can't get it. You, you can't get it. Who designed crypto? They can't this even get it. This is what I'm saying. No, no. Like, because there's, yeah, no, I mean, there's yeah. no governing body. Right, right. So that's the whole point. So like, no, it's just like, bye. My husband tried to explain to me how passwords work. He said they're, and it's like, it's either a long string of letters and numbers, or it's like a series of 12 to 24 random words. 12 to 24 words yep so that was like can you pick the words and he said no because i was like i would make them say something stupid (laughs) but he's like no they're they're literally random words and like if you know it's 24 words it's millions upon millions of tries to crack that to like try to figure out the password so just absolute nonsense in the design of all of this in my opinion makes no sense whatever so this loss of 14 million dollars of money that jerry could be paying back customers who want to make withdrawals for example by like yeah like that that would have hurt him a lot um I would think that a ponzi scheme suddenly short 14 million dollars would be on the verge of collapse but he kept going like nothing was wrong. Of course he did. Because um, he's arrogant. Right. And then the second thing happened that this will probably ring a bell with bow, you because... Bow, bow. I was waiting for this. Yes, this is like the uh, only thing I know about crypto. Yep. In 2018, the value of Bitcoin tanked. Yes. Or Just I guess totally that's the only thing I know crashed. about Bitcoin. What the fuck's yeah. the difference? I don't know. But I yeah. knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and what happens when the value of something like this crashes? Um... Everyone wants to pull their money out. Yep, exactly. So now Jerry is in this spot where the value has gone down. Yep. And yet people want their money. So he has less available to him to be able to pay that out because he hasn't been holding their money. Right. He's been spending their money. So it got to a sailboat. I know. And it was like, 
Not that Celine's so m- a bad thing, but that's just like a random thing to me. Well, and in the like, Toronto's not on the coast. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Like, what do you need to sailboat for? But also, this is totally a side thing that I didn't write down. But when Jerry went to the like sailboat people to buy the sailboat, uh, he requested an extra fuel tank so that when he left Canada on his sailboat, he could make it to the Caribbean without having to stop to refuel. Yep, there it is. Yep. <laughs> There it is. All right. So there's a lot more of stuff like that to come. But in any case, uh, part of what you said, people were trying to take out their money. Part of why most people aren't actually very good at playing the stock market or trading or anything is because they wait to take their money out until value has decreased. Yeah. So they're not actually in the end gaining very much. Um, But that's what was happening here at Quadriga. Um, so Jerry had several problems. Mm. Uh, he had no money to pay these people back. On top of that, everything was worth so much less than it used to be. And what started happening was it was taking days to weeks between when a customer requested the withdrawal before Jerry was able to pay it, which is sketchy as shit. Oh my God, that's so bad. And there Again, I didn't write this down, but there were stories where people were getting deliveries in the mail of like stacks of cash. What? Like, that was how he, he wasn't, like, going to their bank account or sending them, like, a, a wire of money. He was, like, mailing them cash. That is such <laughs> a weird way to go about it, sir, but okay. That sounds like a non-legitimate, like an unserious business. <laughs> yeah. Um, Quadriga was in big trouble, and Jerry's Ponzi scheme was out of money. Yeah. And that is where we're going to break for an ad. Woof. If any of you are full-time remote workers like me, you know the value of comfort. And comfort with a positive message is just next level. That's why I'm proud to be an affiliate for Kind Cotton, a wonderful and cozy clothing brand that spreads kindness and good vibes wherever you go. I've got the softest crew neck kindness sweatshirt from their Pride line that I've almost worn out. And Lauren has a gorgeous mustard yellow long sleeve tee with Be Kind embroidered on the front. It's just the cutest thing. And I recently added to my collection during Hispanic Heritage Month and now have a kindness tea in the most beautiful purple color in Spanish. And it's just delightful. And the best part, for every purchase made, a book is donated to a child. Those regular podcast listeners out there know that I love to read and have sometimes read entire books for a podcast episode. So this is my favorite thing about this brand by far. Check out my Kind Cotton affiliate link in the show notes and on social media. Okay, so the next section of this story I called The Honeymoon. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. So now it's 2018. Okay. Jerry is still living the high life, but is apparently stressed in the background, maybe. <laughs> we don't really know how he was feeling. All right. Um, again, as I should say, I, I would be stressed. So this I would be a stressed. ball of pimples. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. Um, there are two other things that I haven't yet told you about. Uh, related to Jerry that become important in this part of the story. Okay. First, Jerry had been diagnosed with Crohn's disease while he oh, was in college. Oh, shit. Okay. So I, my first thought when I heard that was like, oh my God, the stress he must have been under while all this was happening, plus like an inflammatory bowel disease. <laughs> you know, I almost said that he was going to be not only would I be a ball of pimple, 
ball of pimples, I'd also be shitting my brains out. Yeah, I'm happy and, I didn't or say like that. have an ulcer or something. Oh like, my so, god, could you imagine? Yeah. No, no. Um, so it sounds like you do know what Crohn's is. Mm-hmm. I, I had a little explanation of it, but I don't need to say it. So inflammatory bowel disease, autoimmune disorder. Uh, some people have terrible symptoms. Some people live pretty like regular, mm-hmm. healthy lives. So mm-hmm. it kind of depends. Um, his Crohn's isn't mentioned a lot in his like life, but it does become key in the story. Yeah. The second thing that you need to know about Jerry at this point in time is that he got married. He <laughs> What's your what's your face saying? Explain what's going on in your head. How So she's either the world's I'm assuming it's a woman. It is. She's either the world's biggest dumbass or she was helping him. Either way, I'm annoyed. This story will lean towards the first. She's the um, biggest dumbass. Yeah, but there are people who think it's the second. So we'll kind, okay. of, we'll kind of talk about her more now that the story is going. So he and a young woman named Jennifer Robertson, who met on Tinder, uh, got Tinder's married. Tinder. Sorry. <laughs> That's why when you said that, I was like, well, no, but kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, they got married in 2018. It sounds like they had more than one wedding. They had one in Canada, but they flew all of their families to Scotland for like a Scottish wedding in the Highlands. There's beautiful photos online. Is she Scottish? I don't think so. What? No. Then that doesn't. Okay. So Whatever. she's got kind of a sketchy thing with names too. So her name oh. is actually Jennifer Griffin. That was her name at like birth. She got married to someone else. I can't remember like. I can't remember what her married name was, but then they got divorced and she initially went back to Griffin, but then decided to just change it all together because she didn't like Griffin. Like Robertson is a name she chose. So when she married Jerry, she did not take Cotton. She she remained Jennifer Robertson, which is fine. I'm just like the name things are just it's an interesting. It's interesting choices she was making is all okay. I'm saying yeah. on the names. Yeah. And a lot of people found this to be suspicious considering what is about to happen. Um, Got it. So he and Jen were sharing a home together in Halifax, Nova Scotia. She frequently traveled with him. She had this Instagram that posted stuff about all their travels. She was managing real estate kind of for him. Like he was buying the properties with his, you know, fraud money yeah she was managing those properties i'm assuming renting them out but i don't have detail on what that means okay um and now the interesting thing about this to me is most of the people in jerry's actual life like online life business life personal life didn't know about jen what like didn't know he got married it was surprising to them but flew people out to scotland for it just their families. Oh, just no, families. No friends. No friends. Yeah. Weird. So that part's weird. Like in both the podcast and the documentary, they were interviewing people who knew Jerry when he was first starting in crypto and he was living in Toronto and Vancouver. And they're like, we had no idea that he got married. That's weird. This, this came as news to us like later on. That's so, weird. Weird. Very weird. Um, so the final thing that you should know before I get back into our timeline is that Jerry was working on an exit strategy from Quadriga. No shit. Did it have to do with a sailboat? 
Uh, no. Well, maybe, oh. <laughs> maybe as like a second step, but no, not not the, the oh, main exit strategy wasn't about the sailboat. But you, he's leaving. It's what's it called, the Striga, not quadriga. the co- quadriga, not yeah. the country yet. Got it. Not the country yet. He's trying. He's remo- trying to remove himself from Quadriga. So, but you're the only owner, bro. Yeah. So there was a young customer service contractor. I think his name was Aaron, but it was mentioned in both the documentary and the podcast and a bunch of articles. I just didn't write it down because this this guy didn't do anything wrong. Like, right. He doesn't need to be named here. I think his first name was Aaron, but whatever. Um, Jerry had been telling him at the end of 2018 that come 2019, Jerry was going to take an early retirement and leave Quadriga in Aaron's capable hands. At like 32 years old, he thinks yep. that he can retire. Well, he probably could. Yep. Well, he could have if he went to lost the $14 million, but he did. <laughs> yes. Like if if he was making legitimate money and not doing fraud, he probably could have retired. Yeah, that's but fair. It was like he got greedy and decided to do fraud too. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's just a mess. This contractor had no idea the trouble that Quadrico was in. No All he shit. did was customer service. And then when, mm. when customers would contact customer service wanting to do withdrawals he'd talk to jerry jerry would release the funds he'd talk to you know like he was part of this chain of events but he had no knowledge of the background of what was going on poor aaron i know yeah Uh, he at that point it seemed like a successful company he was happy to take over what he thought was going to be a great opportunity for him yeah if of course i mean if he's seen his boss or whatever the guy that he's contracting under Retire at, we'll say, 33. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fucking that right. I will absolutely great. take over for you for the next five years or whatever. Yeah, that sounds great. I even think he was younger because this was 2018, so he would have been like 30. But still. But still, yeah. Like, yes. Still. Of course like, I will take over your business. Your very successful business that I really don't know anything about, but it seems yes. to be going very well. Right. And like, because it seemed like even though the value of Bitcoin was down, Jerry was doing great. So he's mm-hmm. like, okay. Even with the fluctuations in the market, it'll come back. Like, this will be fine. All of this leads us to late November 2018. Okay. I'm not exactly sure when Jerry married Jennifer Robinson. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is known publicly is that he wrote a will and left everything to Jen, and that will was signed on November 27th, 2018. Okay. He also left $100,000 in a trust fund for their dogs. Which I mean, I've been relatable. joking for years that I'm going to leave my non-wealth to Macy, my dog. And now my husband's like, no. Please don't do that. <laughs> like, ha ha ha, please don't do that. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, ha ha. Uh. Uh. <laughs> so, but Jerry left. They had two chihuahuas. He left $100,000 for their care for the rest of their lives. Um, kind of love that. But anyway, uh, a week or so later after this will was signed, Jerry and Jen headed to India for their honeymoon. Okay. The original purpose of this was to visit an orphanage that they had donated money to for its grand opening celebration. Okay. That went way better than I thought. Yeah. Yep. So like, it all sounds great. Yeah. Honestly. Okay. Uh, it's really cute. It's the only charity work that Jerry has ever been known to have done. Because oh, so like he legitimately did this. Yes. Yep. This okay. Is, this okay. is legit. This actually happened. Okay. Um, 
Perhaps it was Jen's idea. That could be part of it too. He's they're newly married. She's like, no, so we, we're gonna start doing charity work with all the money that you're making. I don't know. Okie dokie. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, Jen and Jerry were doing some traveling throughout India in the lead up to their orphanage grand opening. They ended up in Jaipur mm-hmm. and were staying in the fanciest hotel in the entire city. On December eighth. 2018, Jerry started complaining of stomach pains, and he'd been very sick for about a day. He couldn't keep anything down. So they went to the local hospital in Jaipur, where he was diagnosed with a pretty bad case of traveler's diarrhea Yeah, and kept overnight in the hospital for observation, I would guess, fluids. Um, traveler's diarrhea, it sounds like, again, you know what this is. Yeah. It's very common when you're traveling to India in particular, but a lot of just countries with different... Mexico? Yeah, Mexico. Different yeah. water systems, sanitation yeah. systems, yep. stuff like that. Um, my five weeks in India, I only got it once, and it was because of ice cubes. So <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I got it yep. uh, two of the three times I was in Mexico from similar stuff yeah yeah. Yeah, like i think i was brushing my teeth and accidentally swallowed a little bit and i was done for yeah yep yep and so i mean even even with the bottled water i think it was like on the toothbrush like i'm not that stupid that i was actually rinsing my mouth out with their water right shit happens it does literally literally, shit happens literally (laughs) yeah um so uh anyway overnight while he was oh, and this- he has Crohn's. Oh, that sucks. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, like, this is where the reminder that he has Crohn's. Okay. So, overnight, while he was in the hospital, Uh-oh. Jerry's heart stopped. Oh. They were able to revive him. Okay. But then his heart stopped again. Oh. They were able to revive him a second time. Okay. But he didn't regain consciousness the second time. Okay. So, now he's on Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Yes. And then his heart stopped a third time. And they were unable to revive him. Jerry was declared dead on December 9th, 2018, in a hospital in Jaipur, India. He was 30 years old. Holy shit. Okay. Jen received a death certificate for Jerry, and he was embalmed and transported back to Halifax with her. Jerry's family met Jen at the house that they shared outside of Halifax. None of them told anyone that Jerry had died. So it was Jerry's parents, his brother and sister-in-law, and Jen. They were the only ones at this point who knew. Except I think Jen told a couple of the contractors from Quadriga as well. Because I think one of them showed up also at Jerry's house. Um, At this point, it's a secret that he died. The family proceeded to turn Jerry and Jen's house upside down, looking for the passwords to the Quadriga money, because they think it died with Jerry at this point. They, oh, he's the no. only one that had this stuff, so they're assuming that this money like died with him. Oh, no. So, yeah, without the passwords, money was lost. Um, Jen was worried (laughs) very worried yeah she had no knowledge of the inner workings of quadriga she didn't know much about crypto she's done some interviews recently and like she's just saying i knew nothing i helped him with some like business side stuff but front facing i knew nothing about the back end not everyone believes her that's an we'll get there um 
Jerry had a safe and he had stated publicly at least once that he kept his passwords in what he called paper wallets in a safe and recommended that for people to either do that or like in a safe deposit box in a bank or something. But he didn't trust banks, so they were in his house. Anyway, I hate people um, that do crypto. A paper wallet? That's just a wallet. It's a post-it. It's literally a piece of paper that you write the passwords on. You could just call it paper. <laughs> oh, I thought he like legitimately put it on a piece of paper, put no. it in his wallet. No, he just put it on like basically a post-it, supposedly. Supposedly. Um, yeah, I wrote, this is crypto bro, for he wrote them on a piece of paper and put them in a box in his house. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, there is some controversy here now. Okay. Jerry's parents and brother and sister-in-law arrived at their house before Jen did. Jen claims that when she got home, the safe was already open. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Okay. As far as I know, his family has never spoken to media. <gasps> so they're, they're, I'm sure they've, I'm sure they've talked to law enforcement, but they have not spoken to media as far as I know. Sketchballs. So I don't, I don't know what happened here, but supposedly the safe was already open when they were looking through the house and there weren't any passwords in the safe. Several days later, Jerry had a funeral. The funeral was closed casket. <gasps> no one who attended the funeral saw Jerry. Some of the contractors showed up to the funeral, but Jerry's death still had not been publicly announced. So none of the customers of Quadriga knew that he had died. Meanwhile, no one was able to get their money withdrawn from the Quadriga website, but it was still accepting new deposits. Oh, for f- that's so shitty. Yep. Additionally, supposedly, Jerry told Jen that all of the information she would ever need in the event of his death would arrive via email as he'd activated a dead man switch. Do you know what a dead man switch is? No. I, I mean, it, it sounds self-explanatory, but tell me anyways. Yeah. So you can pay a company to send you regular emails to check if you're still alive, basically. <laughs> and then you have a certain amount of time to respond to the email to confirm that you're alive. And then this pattern just keeps going until you don't respond to the email. This also sounds like a scam, but... Yeah, kind of. Okay. I, th- I, think, I think it's actually legit. But Well, like, no, but it sounds very... But you're like paying monthly for them to send you an email and be like, hey, bro, you, you still alive? Sweet. See you next month. It's like, <laughs> like <laughs> I know we haven't covered this yet, but do you know what prepaid legal services is? No. It's basically a pyramid scheme that is like you pay for legal services just in case you ever need it. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. Right. So. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's kind yeah, of what it, it sounds it like to me. Like yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like, I mean, you might need it, but or you could just pay, you know, it's one of those like. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, uh, yes. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so Jerry had told Jen that she would basically be getting an email because once the person who had activated the dead man switch did not respond, the company would send a pre-written email with all the info that someone would need to like the emergency contact. Got it. That's supposed, that's how it's supposed to work. So Jen was expecting an email. It never came. And investigators later on, when they looked at his emails and whatnot, never found any evidence that Jerry had actually done this and activated a dead man switch. That's and so shitty. This is also part of the controversy. So you, it remind me to return to the dead man switch 
when we're, when we get to the end. Um, okay. January 14th, 2019, more than a month after Jerry's death, Jen released a statement on the Quadriga website. It stated that Jerry had died a month earlier in India due to complications of Crohn's disease while doing volunteer work at an orphanage. That's like a half truth. I was like, so, that doesn't sound like the story you told me, but it's right. close so enough. What I didn't say in the original story, because it's just medical and kind of gross. What they think he died from, he never had an autopsy. What they think he died from was a perforated bowel and like sepsis, yeah. Yeah. which would make sense with what was going on. Yes, with, absolutely. Supposedly his sickness, his Crohn's, all that. Um, this was just the beginning of stretching the truth, to be honest. Like, there's just so much going on here that customers were totally unaware of. Some people panicked. Yeah. They've been trying, some of them have been trying to withdraw money for a month and had cr heard crickets. Like, where is their money? You know? Um, the website was put into maintenance mode for several days and then came back online. And then Jen applied for creditor protection which is a type of bankruptcy in Canada that protects the company from being sued. Holy fuck. Okay. So she applied for creditor protection on January 31st, 2019. No. Quadriga continued to accept deposits until January 26th. Fuck off. Fuck He'd all been dead the way off. For like seven weeks at that point. Fuck all the way off. That sucks. Yeah. Jen signed an affidavit later on that stated that approximately 115,000 Quadriga customers were owed a collective 250 million Canadian dollars at the time that all this was happening. Oh my God. She said in this affidavit that her understanding was that the money was stuck in cold wallets on the blockchain that she was unable to access without Jerry's passwords. However, once Quadriga went into creditor protection, they were audited by the firm Ernst & Young. Ernst & Young was able to do the tracing on the blockchain and were able to see what was in the cold wallets that Jen was assuming where all the money was. There was no money in there. I was going to say there wasn't shit in there. Yeah, they were all empty. And they'd been empty for a while because part of the tracing is you can see when everything was emptied. Was it emptied before he died or after? Before. Okay. Like months before. Okay. Like I just want to make sure that Jen wasn't into no funny business. I don't think so. So there, there were some rumors that money moved around the wallets after Jerry died, but there, I, I didn't see any like legitimate like this actually happened. I don't, sure. I don't think Jen knew how to do it, truly. Yeah, but that's maybe me giving her a lot of grace. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, what Ernst and Young found essentially was Quadriga was broke and had been broke, and the customers probably legitimately thought that Jen had been aware. That yeah. the company was broke. Like she yeah. knew more than she was sharing, basically. Yeah. Um, the Ponzi scheme and all the illegal things that Jerry had been doing were revealed in the investigations that occurred in the years after Jerry's death. Yep. So it's now publicly known 
how shady the entire thing was, but most people hadn't realized it at the point that the company went into creditor protection and Jerry died and all of that. No one knew what was going on behind the scenes. Right. Um, a bunch of customers turned into their own, like, kind of private investigators, but like just investigating on their own time. Yeah. Um, and dug up all this information about Jerry and his past, all the stuff about. Talk Gold and Scepter, that came from customers of Quadriga who found it themselves and passed it to journalists. Good for them. Like, so they were doing a lot of the, like, the grunt work yeah. to get this stuff into the light. Um, uh, and then eventually, at the end of all these investigations by the Ontario Securities Commission, which is the SEC in Canada, mm -hmm. um, those reports are publicly available and online. I looked at an executive summary of them. And it showed all of this wrongdoing. Um, if anyone is interested in this investigation by the customers and like kind of what was happening, the documentary on Netflix that I do recommend highly is called Trust No One, The Hunt for the Crypto King. Damn. And, and then the podcast series that my husband and I listened to when we were driving to our uh, New Year's Eve getaway <laughs> was called Exit Scam. Wow. Also really good. Yeah, I didn't want to give too much away at the beginning, yeah. which is why I held those. Yeah. Um, so on with our story. So there are red flags all over all of this. Yes. Like I was kind of watching your face and your reactions to me telling you about closed casket, some of the weird stuff going on. He Jen. didn't die. No well, autopsy. That is the theory. So there are several conspiracy theories about what happened here. It is was there an extradition weird. thing in Jaipur? Jaipur is, Jaipur is in India. Um, I think India is pretty good about extraditing, actually, to the U.S. He well, didn't die. Can to Canada, I guess, because India was part of the British Empire. Canada is part of the British Empire. I think, actually, that they're pretty good about that. Um, he didn't but die. India is known as a place people can go to fake a death. It's one of the countries that you can buy a death certificate. You can buy an autopsy report. You can buy a new identity. Like, I'm not saying he did this. We're going to talk about conspiracy theories right now. But like, you know, you I'm such can. a tinfoil hatter about stupid I know, shit. I know, <laughs> I know. So obviously the, big, the biggest conspiracy theory here is that Jerry is still alive. Of course. Customers, particularly customers who are owed a lot of money by Quadriga. And me. And, and Lauren. Uh, think that he faked his own death in order to get out of the mess he had created and fuck off with the remaining customer money. Absolutely. Yep. This is called an exit scam. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what he was. Well, that's what he was trying to do anyway, by handing right. the company off to Aaron before right. the fraud was revealed. So it would land on Aaron. Like, poor Aaron. And you're, you're probably right. He was probably planning to hop on his sailboat after he g gave the company up and go down to a non-extraditable island in the Caribbean. Truly. That's probably yeah. what he was doing. But he supposedly died first. Mm. So, uh, the relatively common attempted exit scam just generally is faking one's own death and hiding out somewhere where you can't be extradited. Um, not a bad option for Jerry. His funeral was closed casket. No one saw his body except for Jen. The Indian death certificate had his, his parents last... didn't even. I don't think so. So like supposedly Jen's the only one that saw his body. Supposedly. 
His parents have never spoken to media. So hard to say for sure on that. Another thing I didn't, as I say, another thing I didn't tell you when I was telling the original part of the story, his last name was misspelled on the Indian death certificate. (gasps) It was spelled cotton. With an O. Not not E-N. Oh. So it's really spelled E-N, but they spelled it A-N like cotton. So sketchy. They kept his death a secret for a whole month to give him a month's head start. Maybe. Like, it's all just so sketchy. I'm on to you, Jennifer. He's going to say, here's the thing about this. Jen supposedly was holding his hand when he took his last breath. The only way for this to be true is if Jen was in on it, right? Yes. Why would she decide to live the rest of her life back in Canada without any reward for doing this? So as I'll get into later, she had to everything she inherited from Gary from Jerry, she had to give back to pay restitution for the customers who were scammed. So she didn't get anything out of this. She's not on an island somewhere, like sipping a margarita on the beach or whatever. It's a Mai like Tai she, on the beach, but yes, anyways. Whatever. Yeah, I, I know. don't I, I know. don't know. I know. I know. So the, she she went back to Canada and she's like living in a studio apartment with those two dogs who had their trust fund taken away. Like, so I I I'm with you. This is sketchy as fuck. But it doesn't seem like Jen got anything out of it. And Sure, he could have faked his death without her knowledge, but how? How? The only option would be in either she went to the hospital and when he like went into ICU or whatever, it was somebody else that died? Or he didn't he actually was able to be revived and then they switched did a switcheroo on the bodies and she identified and had someone else embalmed? Like, it just doesn't, I don't know how it would work without her being in on it. I think she's in on it. And I just think I mean, she's yeah. stupid. So to be, uh, that could be for her to not have any knowledge that this was a, a fraud the whole time. Lies. Well, she be. didn't, I mean, no one knew about her. I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just, I'm having a hard time with logistics. Tr- truly, that's it. And maybe she has like a loaded secret bank account somewhere offshore. I was going to say that she's just waiting to use. Maybe. Yeah, it hasn't been enough time yet. It's still only, what, five years ago that he's died? Yeah. She's sitting on it. And when when people, when you and I stop talking about it, then she's going to go fucking take her gajillion dollars and she's going to go sip a margarita on the beach. (laughs) My time. Thank you. So the other thing that I don't think I wrote this down because I just learned it like at the very end of my research, she released a book recently Oh, that was pretty highly publicized. Uh, it was called Bitcoin Widow. <laughs> Gag me. Okay. So like she did get this book deal. So maybe she is lying. And after she got her book deal and more time has passed, people are talking about this story less. Maybe she will fuck off to an island and access her like Grand Cayman bank account or whatever she hid in her money. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, it's, you're it's right. just it's just too fresh. 
Right. She's well, going to sit for 10 years at least. So that's not suspicious. I think the other thing we need to consider too is like, so we've been saying like, maybe she was too dumb to know what was going on. If that was, if the, if the long game was her plan all along, she's not dumb. No, oh no, 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 no. That's she, very true. She's like, very she, smart. She'd have to be very, very smart. She's very smart, which it's easier. Yeah, no. I think we've. Been, I think I've been calling her dumb the whole time for nothing, and I think she's I mean, very it's, smart. It's definitely and, easier to pretend to be dumb than it is to pretend to be smart. Correct. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. hello. I've been trying to be smart this whole time, and everyone can see through my um, facade. But no, it's very easy to play dumb. It's very yeah. easy to play dumb. Yeah. Yep. Um, as long I as guess, she's consistently dumb. Yeah. Like it's not even really having to make up that much of a lie. No. I guess we're gonna have to check back every five years. <laughs> yeah jennifer so, if that is your real first name the the other thing that i that i found fact wise that lends to jerry not being alive is cu- the customers have joined together and asked through their attorneys that the royal canadian mountain police exhume jerry's body mm-hmm. to do a dna test mm-hmm. to prove that it's jerry yes and the RCMP, the only comment that they've ever made publicly is that they believe he's dead and they're not going to do it. End of story. Oh, what in the West Memphis 3 is that? <laughs> Fuck you. Are you serious? Yep. Yep. So some the customers obviously find this response really fishy. Why would they not even hear them out? You know? And so some of the people that were talking on like the podcast and stuff were saying, Maybe they have. Maybe they did see the body. Like maybe they've already done this and confirmed it, and they just don't feel the need to release it. But then why? Why wouldn't they just release it and cl- like close the door on this? You know. I don't sketchy. know. Sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. I know, and it it just it keeps fueling the fire of these cu- cu- like defrauded customers mm-hmm. who want an ending to this story yes. and they feel like they haven't gotten one. So yes. like they just, it just keeps fueling the stuff. So there are some other interesting theories that I do want to share with you. None okay. of them are as plausible to me as okay. the one where he's maybe still alive. But I like these theories. Remember the Robert you know. Fisher ones? Those were so yes. fun. Yes. So the first one is that Jen murdered him. <laughs> Again, I think he'd, she'd have to be a lot smarter than we're giving her credit for. I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I think I'm taking back that she's dumb. She I'm ta- yeah. be the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, she was also like running a, like a real estate company for him. Like she must not be dumb. Well, oh yeah. But dumb to think that I, I, I think I'm dumb to think that she was dumb. <laughs> Maybe. But this is more like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer here. Jennifer Griffin, Robertson, Robinson, Cotton, whatever your fucking name is. I don't think you're dumb. And um, if I'm sorry for saying that. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry for saying that you're fucking dumb, but I would like some of your money when you fuck off in five years. (laughs) Buy us a drink, please. Okay. A Mai Tai. Uh, Yeah, or a margarita, whatever. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So another theory. Okay. Jerry was the equivalent of a CIA operative. What? No. For Canada and got burned and they fake had him killed to protect him. Your face says you don't believe that one. <laughs> I just Who who thought up that theory? Who did the CIA got... bring that up? Who brought that up? No, because it would have been whatever the Canadian CIA is called. I I don't know. Canadian CIA. So it's a C CIA. 
<laughs> there you go. Um, I no, don't know. That's that's a silly one to me, but I I I agree. I don't think that he would have had anything to report on. But again, what do I know? Um, he did a lot of traveling. I think that that's why people thought that that was plausible. Sure. Um. Oh, the dead man switch. Yes. Oh God. See, man's... I told you I should have wrote it down. God damn it. So yes. that the dead man switch and the fact that. Jennifer never got the passwords. Because <gasps> he's not dead. That's what people think. That's what the customers think. The dead man switch never activated. So they think that he is still responding to the emails. <laughs> but uh... people have gone through his emails, supposedly, and they didn't find anywhere where he like signed up for it. There's no evidence of it. Supposedly, again, I haven't seen any of this stuff, but just supposedly. Allegedly. Um, that's... That's the end of my okay. of my of my theories. Um, Which one do you know. think it is? Oh, the boringest theory is that he truly is just dead. I know. Do you think and- that? Do you think he's? I mean, you can you can pretty, be fifty one forty nine. Yeah, I was pretty on board with him still being alive until I listened to the Exit Scam podcast, mm-hmm. and now I'm I'm a little bit leaning more towards he is truly dead so mm. i'm probably 51 percent. he's dead 49 percent. he's alive and running around in southeast asia somewhere or something sure yeah i would think those parts of the world would not be great for crohn's disease but that's a separate thing yeah well can't you become accustomed to that after a while yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. been five years it's only gonna get better that's true that's true Um, So the final thing I want to share with you Mm -hmm. is that Jen did reach a settlement at some point with the customers in a civil lawsuit and gave up her right to all of Jerry's property that she inherited when he died. So that was sold to pay back some of the money that the customers were owed, but millions are still gone Mm -hmm. or missing, whichever Mm -hmm. one you'd like to believe. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um. Additionally, the Canadian government has finally started going after some of Michael Patron's assets. Yes. Believing that he may have benefited from the fraud as well. Yes. He, from the time that Jerry died and all this started to come out, people have been trying to get in in contact with him. And he's been saying very little, but just like, I had nothing to do with this. I left the company in 2015. I didn't know it was a scam. You taught him how to scam. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... I mean, he, but not he, he's taught been, him, but you taught him how to scam yeah. better. Yeah. So he's been, he's like, I didn't even know he was married. I wasn't invited to the wedding. Like, yeah. So stuff like that. So they are, the, the government in Canada is now starting to try to forfeit, like, his assets, gold Good. bars and stuff like that. Like, you know, crypto bros. Gold bars? Yeah. What are we in the 80s? 70s? Whenever the gold bars were a big thing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Um, okay, so now, final thoughts with Lauren. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think he's dead, but this this goes along, you know, my tinfoil hats about Avril and Melissa. I'm, yep. you know, um, yep. so I your, don't. Your, your favorite conspiracy theories are where someone is supposedly dead or not. <laughs> correct. Correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I do think Mr. Cotton is alive. I think he's fucked off somewhere and Jen's just sitting on it until a more time has passed. You know, you can be 
you can be in your what third? I'm assuming she's in her mid thirties now, Probably. and you can work until you're going to be fifty. So you can just fuck off uh, oh, off true. of money until it's okay for you to just retire, and then you can just go. Maybe not join him, but yeah, just that's go. Not a bad, and that's, that's still that can one. still be fifteen years from now. Yep. Yep. Where yeah. it's acceptable for her to be like, you know what? I've just had the hardest life. You know, I, you know, I've just really. Two chihuahuas lost their trust fund. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was also scammed. You know, he scammed me too. Not only did he scam That's all these what... customers, he scammed me too. I just need to get out of the limelight. I got this good book deal. But in 15 years, the book deal is not going to be so great anymore. So yeah. I think I'm just going to go retire somewhere. And then you're never going to hear from her again. Goodbye. <laughs> going to hear from her again. <laughs> You're never going to hear from her again. <laughs> Jen. Jen again. Jen again. Jen again. <laughs> Again, Jen. Yes. yes. So, yes, you are correct that my favorite conspiracy theories are when people maybe or maybe not dead. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but. I totally hear you. I, I don't disagree. I just- I've also never heard this podcast, and I haven't watched the Netflix series, so we'll the see. The Netflix series leaves it much more open, mm. like, oh, he might still be alive. Well, that's, Actually, that's how Netflix it- does it. Yeah, and they made it they made it actually much more of a viable option that she murdered him and I don't think she murdered him. <laughs> I mean Yeah, whatever. If she did, whatever. Can you imagine okay, so this is my conspiracy theory that I don't believe is true. Okay. What if she thought he was loaded and she did murder him and then found out he had been doing this scam and there was no money? <laughs> <laughs> so now she's like, damn it! And she's like, I've also been duped. <laughs> You know what? I actually hope that's what happened. <laughs> then everyone's a criminal. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's what happened. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Okay, so that was the story of the rise and fall of the Canadian crypto king, Gerald Cotton. Mm, well, that was wonderfully told, and we had a lot of fun with this. I knew we were going we to. We did, yeah. And I hope you guys have enjoyed... Um, the beginning of 2024 with us because we've been loving this this has yeah. been fun and it's like if we're gonna start 2024 with a family annihilator we gotta follow it with this oh absolutely <laughs> and this is something that you and i can actually joke about because we kind of understand it not the crypto part but the conspiracy right. theory part yeah for yeah. sure yeah well all right any other thoughts before i go into sources no let's go into sources okay so my sources include an article on CBC that was called Quadriga's CEO's Widow Speaks Out Over His Death and the Missing Crypto Millions by Cassie Williams. There was additional reporting in that by Andrew Chang. There was a video interview with her. Mm-hmm. Um, on, also on CBC, crypto exchange Quadriga was a fraud and founder was running a Ponzi scheme, OSC report finds, by Tara Deschamps. There was an article on Coindesk, which is, um, it's like crypto news, I think, kind oh, okay. of. Sure. Um, it, was, it was just called Gerald Cotton, and it was by, oh my gosh, I'm going to try really hard on this name, uh, Nikolesh D, or Day, the last name is just D-E. Oh, okay. Um, in Vanity Fair, a very long, very interesting piece called Ponzi Schemes, Private Yachts, and a Missing $250 million in Crypto, The Strange Tale of Quadriga by nathaniel rich that one's good and it's got really yeah what vanity fair does sometimes is they do like they hire an artist to do artwork for the piece mm-hmm. so there's these beautiful like paintings throughout the piece Ooh. too it's really cool 
Um, in The Independent, there was an article called Bitcoin Widow, which is the name of her book, uh, reveals how she fell victim to her own husband's $215 million scam after his mysterious death by Josh Marcus. I know. <laughs> so like her entire book appears to be about how she's also a victim. Exactly what you said. Um, in Newsweek, there's an article called The Crypto King, Who is Gerald Cotton and Where is Jerry Now? by Molly Mitchell. Uh, the Ontario Securities Commission, that was that giant report. That's the SEC of Canada. Mm -hmm. It's just called Quadriga CX, and it's hundreds of pages long. I just read the executive summary, but it's, sure. it's really interesting. Um, in the Vancouver Sun, article called British Columbia Seeks Forfeiture of Money, Gold Bars, Linked to Failed Cryptocurrency Company Quadriga CX by Gordon Hoekstra. That's the one about Michael Patron going mm -hmm. after him. Uh, in the New York Times, an article called Crypto Exchange Says It Can't Pay Investors Because Its CEO Died and He Had the Passwords by Karen Zrake. That was published in early 2019, yeah. so very early on in yeah. all of this. Right. Um, and then again, the Netflix documentary was called Trust No One, The Hunt for the Crypto King. Mm -hmm. And the podcast was called Exit Scam. It's an eight-episode series. It's very well done. I very much enjoyed it. And then I did get a little bit uh, from Wikipedia for how cryptocurrency works and sure. whatnot. Right. <laughs> also, my husband. <laughs> Shout out your husband. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. What a fun ride. Thank you yeah. for uh, taking yeah. us through this. Um, I'm glad we did this one. This was fun. Me too. Hey, Jerry, uh, we see you. <laughs> I see you, sir. And uh, Jennifer, I want a Mai Tai. Because I know that you got that money coming, baby. All right. Well, guys, so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, we love you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at a most wanted pod. On Instagram, we do post true crime trivia every Sunday. And occasionally, we do some horror movie trivia as well. You can find us on X or formerly known as Twitter at a most wanted pod. You can like us on Facebook at A Most Wanted Podcast. You can send us an email at a most wanted podcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at a most wanted podcast.com. And please remember to listen, subscribe, and love. Bye. <laughs>